Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Uh, I'm in a different spot today than what we usually do for the weekly radio show. You know, we're trying to be sensitive to the community concerns, the world concerns, and what some of our government leaders have said, and also our own concerns with our family. So I'm broadcasting from inside my home, but that's not going to stop the show. The show must go on, okay? So we're just adapting, and we got a couple of great guests today. We're going to be talking about religious liberty issues. We're going to be talking about what happened this week with the Attorney General putting out a letter regarding abortion procedures and clinics and the governor and all that good stuff that came up. I'm sure you've seen some of that news. If you haven't, we'll be talking about that. But if you you're new to the show, or if you know, been on the show before, heard us, you know we talk about religious liberty, marriage and family, and life issues. And there's no question that one of the things that has been on people's mind these last couple of weeks as it relates to the coronavirus is the impact on churches, the impact on religious liberty. And so, look, while we're front and center about protecting the First Amendment, I think a lot of people are also thinking, well, how can I adapt and adjust? Because maybe some people you know, do want to stay home, right? Even though the government's telling you to do something, you, it might be something you already want to do. But we need to be mindful of where those limits are and how to navigate those issues. There are almost 30,000 churches in the state of Texas. So a lot of them, I'm sure, are going to be asking these type of questions. And one of the great resources and the great organizations that we work with that helps answer those questions and helps us answer those questions a lot of times and goes beyond our own analysis is First Liberty Institute. So we're excited today that our guest is going to be Hiram Sasser from First Liberty Institute. He and I worked together many years ago when I was a part of that entity, and he continues to be one of the leaders in this field. As a matter of fact, he also now has the title of professor, but we'll get into that in a minute. Hiram, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Let me see. Okay. All right. I think he dropped. He's going to try to get back on. Hey, bear with us. As many of you are making adjustments, um, we've been testing this technology quite a bit, but every now and there's a glitch we don't expect. And look, with a lot of people staying at home, sometimes the bandwidth is impacted. All right. And there can be interruptions that we don't expect. But Hiram Sasser is one of the leaders when it comes to religious liberty. And he's one of the top lawyers at First Liberty Institute works on these issues, been working on them for decades. And he and I have been doing a lot of work together. And First Liberty Institute put out this great resource regarding guidance for churches and religious institutions facing restrictions on gathering. And so, um, look, I have a lot of background on these issues when it comes to religious liberty, but they primarily only focus on religious liberty issues. So we like to get information from them. And they've got three bullet points. You can go to firstliberty.org to see this resource, three bullet points um, about how religious institutions can continue to serve their local communities while recognizing some of the limitations that governments have put in, uh, temporarily evenly applied restrictions, according to First Liberty, by the government can be permissible. Now, it really depends on the scenarios, right? It really depends on is the government applying them uh, evenly, okay? So if they're allowing you know, theaters to open up once again, they can't tell churches, well, you can't open up, right? Um, and so, all right, looks like Hiram has lost all of his internet. So, you know, we'll just roll with it, okay? So to continue to go with this document, um, here's a little detail about it, all right? America's churches and religious institutions, according to this document, have played a central role in caring for their local community. We know that. Um, whether that's through acts of mercy, providing shelter, or simply being a source of encouragement, in times of crisis, America's religious institutions should continue to be a source 
of strength through service to their local community, especially as their communities may particularly be burdened during this pandemic. Many churches are places of shelter. Many of them provide resources like food. Um, some of them have pregnancy centers, pregnancy care centers that run out of their or a part of their ministry where they give diapers and milk and formula um, to women and children that have just been born babies. And so those are essential needs. All right, looks like Hiram's back on. I'm going to try to plug him back in. Hiram Sasser from First Liberty Institute. Welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. All right, so we were just starting to break down a little bit of this resource that you guys have that's on the firstliberty.org website, Guidance for Churches and Religious Institutions Facing the Coronavirus Restrictions. Look, you know, I think it's probably um, a time that many of us have never experienced before where the government is passing these ordinances, these new laws. They're encouraging and sometimes demanding that churches, uh, particularly in, in other institutions, uh, pull back from how they usually do things. But it really is about promoting health and safety. But still, it's something that's different for many of us. And so you guys have guidance on how to navigate these issues. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, people can go to our, our, our website at firstliberty.org in order to get a full copy of the guidance. I think the most important thing that people have to remember is that uh, the government in times of, of a pandemic like this, they, they can enact certain restrictions that restrict religious activity as long as they're temporary and as long as they're treating religious activities the same as they would treat any other similarly situated activities. Uh, kind of the classic example is if they would allow a movie theater to be open, then obviously they have to allow the church to be open. Uh, if they would allow... Uh, uh, yeah, we're having some problems again with Hiram's internet connection. I apologize for that. You know, we're going to continue to make adjustments along the way if we run into some glitches, but you guys just be patient with me. If Hiram ch chimes back in, we'll plug him back in. But he was just breaking down this resource. And it's interesting, when First Liberty first put out this resource, the guidance on here uh, specifically talked about, you know, governments that have passed things where you couldn't have more than 250 people. Hiram, if you jump back in, feel free to interrupt me if I'm talking when you come back in. Um, but now we're down to 10. I mean, now we're at shelter in place with a lot of governments. I know in the county that I live in, in the city that I live in, they've gone to that. A number of government entities have gone to shelter in place, which is far beyond you can have 250 people or 100 or even 10 riding gatherings. As a matter of fact, I saw the city of McKinney, at least what someone sent to me, I'm going to double check that, that they specifically said in-person religious meetings are something that uh, people should stop doing for now. And Hiram was making the point, right? In these kind of temporary situations, and I'm going to slow down a little bit. It's kind of funny the feedback you get when you're around your family a little bit more. So last week when I was doing uh, the radio show, it was actually a video from uh, our side here in my home. I got feedback from the audience that, man, daddy, you're, you're like bullets coming out of your mouth, man. You're just shooting stuff. Wow, that's a lot of information. But I think some of that was a loving way to say, you talk really quickly. And so I'll try to slow down my tempo a little bit to make sure that people hear what I say. You know, and some of it is just because I really love the work I do. I get excited about it. And so that's just kind of how it comes out of me. It comes out a little spirited or quick, but you heard Hiram, he's got a little bit slower approach. So let me slow it down because this is important information, all right, when we're trying to navigate these things. And so I will say, if we see government orders come out, 
that specifically identify churches and what they should do, I'm going to look on that with a little bit of suspicion. That doesn't mean we're going to tell people not to comply. It's just going to get our attention a little bit more. So if you see those things, let us know as well. And this isn't because we're trying to downplay the ongoing pandemic. And as far as I saw last night before I went to bed, the United States now has more cases of coronavirus than any other country in the world. That is concerning. But at the same time, we also have to be mindful about how we balance those things, okay? So that's what we do best, is just to be a check and a balance on the government a lot of times. And that doesn't mean that we disagree with the government particularly, but we're just keeping our eye on it. So if you see those type of government restrictions that are being put out, where they're specifically saying the church can't do this or religious meetings can't do that, uh, that's going to be a little bit more of a concern and we're just going to keep our eye on it. So email those things to us because there are 1,200 school districts and I don't know how many cities in the state of Texas or 254 counties. I do know that number for sure. Info at txvalues.org. Info at txvalues.org. And also feel free to use that email if you want us to pray for you. I've been calling a lot of our supporters this week, just saying hello to them, checking in on them, letting them know what we're doing so they know we're still at work. Now, we've dialed it down a little bit. Uh, at least maybe I think I, you talk to my staff, they might've think I've dialed it up a little bit. Nonetheless, my point to you is we're gonna continue to do the work that we do. And some of that might just be letting you know we care about you, we wanna meet you where you are. We know maybe more people are at home, so we might give you a phone call and just say, hey, you financially supported us last year. Hope you're doing well. You, you've been a lot of part of our work. And so we appreciate that. All right. I think Hiram's coming back on and he was just starting to break down why during these series and really kind of a, something we probably never experienced this kind of pandemic in the United States, why that can be a reason why some of these restrictions temporary are permissible. Hiram, can you jump back in? Yeah, I, I promise. I don't think this is the government actually trying to silence my speech. I think it's just we're having some technical issues. But but look, the the, the bottom line is is that is that churches uh, have to be treated the same as everybody else. But this can only go on for so long. Uh, the Constitution uh, does not allow the government to declare a disaster for a very very long time and restrict freedom. Uh, the uh, the president has indicated that they're trying to get to a, a shortened time frame that would be helpful, uh, but uh, you know I think it's incumbent upon churches to pay attention where the rubber meets the road though is going to be when when uh, the federal government says hey we're okay uh, in certain areas but those areas still do not lift those restrictions. And that's where that's going to be a big problem. And, and, and that's where going to, there's going to have to be legal challenges in order to bring those locations in compliance with religious liberty laws when the federal government says those areas are okay to come back, uh, you know, be back in business, be, be open again. We're talking with Hiram Sasser, attorney from First Liberty Institute, one of their longtime members of their team. I mean, Hiram, you and I started together many years ago. You've now been in this field for two decades. You now uh, are a professor, you, you teach a course at University of Texas. Your experience and really your reputation and the credibility that you bring to this is, is hard to match across the country. You guys are working on religious liberty issues, not just in Texas, even though your office is based in Plano, you're all across the country. When this document that y'all put together was first started, it was in reference to some government restrictions for 250 people or more. Now we're down to shelter in place 
right? So the numbers have gone down where they're telling people in just about every large city and county, even in Texas, stay home, only essential. Um, and so, but it's been about a week or so, it hadn't been that long, but we went through one weekend, a full weekend, if you will, and a full Sunday, so to speak, of churches adjusting to this. Now we have seen a lot of churches make adjustments. Many of them have technology, they've been online. Some of them have done services out in their parking lot, as long as they were six feet away from each other. I imagine y'all are hearing also, at least in these times, some encouraging stories of how churches are continuing to meet the needs of the people from their church in the larger community, um, yet still trying to recognize these temporary restrictions of the government. Yeah, you know, one of the uh, uh, things that some churches are doing is they're doing a drive-in church where everybody kind of shows up, the pastor kind of broadcasts over a little FM uh, broadcast uh, that just reaches the, the extent of the parking lot. It's kind of like what you might find attached to a Christmas light display, you know, it plays the music and the Christmas lights go along the same way. Uh, so you can pick up one of those for like 85 bucks at the, uh, uh, at the store and, uh, and they're doing drive-in churches or doing, uh, a lot of churches are doing uh, streaming services and that sort of thing. Some churches are meeting in small groups of 10 or less uh, in homes and then, you know, watching a live stream service and then sharing communion there and that sort of thing. But again, um, you know, the, the, the government can justify these restrictions for a certain amount of time for sure. And I think we need to uh, abide by the CDC guidelines for now. But at, at some point, again, the, the federal government's going to say, hey, states, you can kind of do your own thing. And that's where we're going to have to put a significant magnifying glass on all these uh, restrictions to find out if they really uphold under the Constitution. Well, it's real interesting. We're talking with Hiram Sasser, First Liberty Institute, the leading nonprofit religious liberty law firm in the country. They are based in the state of Texas. We're proud about that. And but last week on Sunday, Governor Abbott had a press conference and he talked about things that should happen statewide. But he stopped short of mentioning what church sh churches should do, excuse me. And he was asked about it in an interview and he stopped short of saying the churches should go um, to some of these restrictions or shelter in place. And he said, look, I think the local governments are addressing those issues. And so to your point and, and the governor's uh, order that came out on March 22nd is really only for two or three weeks. So a little bit shorter in time than some of the ones that you've seen. We're tracking that. We have a blog post on our website, txvalues.org. We're putting links to all these different ordinances just to kind of keep an idea of maybe some of the differences and what's happening. But that kind of plays maybe into your point. There might be some differences in what the governments are doing. They can have these temporary restrictions, but we got to be mindful that they can't go too far uh, in those type of restrictions, as we've seen. Maybe some of us have felt like some of the local governments have you had. And so um, are y'all getting feedback of that, some of those differences across the country? Well, we are. Uh, you know, the uh, city of McKinney, for example, uh, put out a flyer and the only thing that they were banning for sure were any kind of religious gatherings, which would be two people gathering and, uh, and elective surgeries. <laughs> and so everything, yeah, I saw so that. we, we've sent them a letter to explain to them that they have to treat everybody the same on these, on these kinds of restrictions and, uh, and hopefully that they, they will do the right thing or, uh, you know, a judge will have to explain to them how, how life works. But, you know, for the most part, I've seen uh, across the country, churches have wanted to participate. They want to cooperate. They want to do the right thing. They want to follow the CDC guidelines. 
it's just that sometimes some local officials kind of get their moment in the sun where they think, oh, this I, I get to issue an order to make everybody do something, and no one even knew my name two weeks ago. And so uh, those are the times when uh, uh, we have to be a little bit more vigilant. Well, and, um, and I think it you know, might have been a good reminder for them that there's somebody that lives in the McKinney area that's an expert in this field uh, that I'm sure they'll likely be familiar with afterwards if they weren't before. But it's great that you are there to respond so quickly. And we saw that as well when you kind of cut out earlier. I was referencing that about how we had seen that and uh, seen that graphic. And so and that can be a difference when the government is specifically in it. And if they use those specific words, it can appear that they're targeting some and not others. So we got to be mindful of that. And so I'm glad that you guys are right on top of that. But look, we roll into a new Sunday or, or a second Sunday, almost, if you will. Two weeks ago, it was kind of in between for some folks. But now we're at the second Sunday. We're seeing people make adaptions and adjustments. But I imagine, to your point, um, we'll see what the federal government says on those things. And that could be a really good sign of what the local government should and shouldn't do or, or what we should be complying with. But also, if people want information and they have specific situations like what happened to McKinney, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, people can come uh, to our website at firstliberty.org, and we have all the guidance there. We have a whole page dedicated to this. We have a lot of information. Uh, we also uh, have information about a teleform that we will be doing at, at, uh, uh, on every Friday at uh, noon Eastern. Uh, and, uh, and so that's a, a, a great set of resources that we have available to everybody. Okay, great. Well, look, and that's today. If people are watching live on Facebook, this is also streaming live on YouTube. That's uh, 12 o'clock Eastern. Is that what you said? 11 a.m. Central? Yes, that's right. Okay, so you can watch the rest of this show and take a little coffee break and then jump back on and listen to the teleconference for First Liberty Institute. Hiram, look, you know that we're big fans of the work that you do at First Liberty Institute. Kelly Shackelford, one of my mentors, serves on our board. We're always rooting for you guys, and we're always excited that we know if someone crosses the line as it relates to religious liberty, you guys are right there to put them back in place. And so, and we appreciate this guidance in a time where people are trying to do the right thing, but also there's a reason that the religious liberty is in the First Amendment of the Constitution. It's pretty important. So God bless all that you do at First Liberty Institute and keep up the great work. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jonathan. Take care. You bet. All right. That was Hiram Sasser from First Liberty Institute. Great to have him on. We're going to switch gears and continue, though, on the religious liberty front, and we're going to talk with Pastor Jorge Tobar. He is the pastor of Jordan River Church down in Laredo. He's also a member of the Texas Values team, and he also um, does work for us where he goes out and meets with churches, meets with church leaders. So not from the legal perspective, but really from the community perspective and from the pastoral perspective. Pastor Tobar, welcome to the Texas Values Report. I'm glad to be here, Jonathan. God bless you. You bet. And Pastor Tovar, just so people know, I was mentioning to them how you're part of our team. You're part of our church and outreach project. Uh, you know, some of that work as far as traveling has slowed down, of course, because of the coronavirus. But you're still interacting with churches, interacting with churches, leaders, trying to let them know what their legal rights are as far as passing out resources, letting them know the rights that they have related to being involved in elections, defending their rights really being a community servant and letting them know the importance of pastors getting involved on these issues and being leaders. But I imagine a lot of that, you know, has kind of taken a back seat because of, you know, churches are just trying to keep things going. Um, what's kind of been the feedback and, and tell us a little bit about what you're doing to kind of keep spirits up during this time of adjustment for churches. 
Well, at, at first, uh, we, you know, we, we, we felt and we, we, we received a lot of concern from the different pastors here locally in Laredo. And, and um, it's, it's something that has never been experienced in, in my lifetime and I imagine in the other pastors. But uh, the main concern was to, what, I can't have service? No, that can't be right. So that reaction was, was amongst the, most of us. Uh, um, so um, we reached out to you and, and um, Texas Values, and, and uh, we, we got clarity on some issues and some things. So, uh, um, yes, I've, I've talked to pastors. I've uh, texted them, I've, you know, in a mass uh, text and all that with the organization. So, yeah, we, we started to, to abide with the CDC guidelines and the, and the local guidelines and uh, um, we were doing good when it was, it was, you know, no more than 50, you know, so I advise people, you can have 49 and have, still have service, right. uh, 49 outside in a parking lot, 49 inside in the church sanctuary, 49 out in, 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 in another cafeteria area, whatever, if you have the, the means and the facility to do that. Uh, but right before we practice that, it, the, the law changed overnight. It, it reduced down to 10. It was a mandatory lockdown. So um, then what we uh, started to do was started advising the churches. Okay, pastors, you know, God is speaking to us. This is, God spoke to me that morning. That's the morning of the 10-day rule and uh, or 10-day, 10-people uh, rule. So uh, this is the time when I asked the churches in, in, in Laredo, you know what? God wants us to get out of our four walls and let our light shine out into the world. Help out the community, extend your services, your, get volunteers and have, uh, help other ministries that have yeah. like food banks and have any other means that are, that are an outreach to help the community at this time uh, that we're going through. So that's what we started to do. Right now, I just came back and dropped off a group uh, helping out a food bank right now, a ministry. And, 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 and it's okay, you know, maybe pastors are used to just being, uh, or, or having activities or events in their right. own organization, in their own churches, but no, it's okay. God wants us to unite right now at this time. He wants us, he, he has always wanted us to unite, but you know, he's using this to uh, call the church. You know what? Get out, out of your four walls and reach out to, to the world about me, about my love. And uh, show kindness, show my love, and all that. So that's what we're doing right now. So the well, consensus gonna, is, that, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. The consensus is. Go ahead. Yeah. The consensus is that uh, that uh, we need to get out, get out, and be involved and help out the community in in this time of urgency. Well, and I want people to make sure they hear us right too. Getting out doesn't mean that we think that you should unnecessarily be traveling around outside of your home. Get out can simply be getting up to date with technology and sending an email, sending a text message, a phone call, or to your point, right? If they're an ability where they can deliver essential goods like food and, and, and uh, blankets or whatever people need that are, you know, whether they're homeless or whether they're struggling, they've got some specific need that you can be a part of meeting those basic essential needs that maybe people may be struggling with because they don't have as many people to, to reach out to because everyone's in a lot of ways being uh, encouraged or demanded to stay at home. And so getting out of the four walls, I mean, just getting out of, of, of a thinking that I can only do work if people come to the church 
in this building. Right. It's so interesting, too. We're talking with Pastor Jorge Tovar. He's South Texas Director for Pastor and Church Outreach for Texas Values. He's also a pastor at Jordan River Church from the Laredo area. Uh, excuse me, um, a retired firefighter. I mean, it just fits so perfectly, right? You think about the role of a firefighter also now being putting out these fires and helping people when it comes to God's word. And so we appreciate the work that you do. Um, we've got resources on our website. And so if Pastor Tovar, you might have had some meetings set up, had to pull back from some of those. Those are going to come back into existence. But in the meantime, um, it's great to hear your words of encouragement. As Hiram was saying, some people are having people go to a parking lot. And as long as they're six feet away and it's not an enclosed space, that could be a way for people to reach people, kind of throwback ways, right? Old school ways, but trying to stay connect with people and make sure people get the encouragement of God's word and don't get too caught up in fear. Yeah, it's funny that uh, Iram uh, uh, mentioned that. In fact, we were just talking, my wife and I were just talking and uh, this idea came into my heart. We, got, we wanted to have a drive-in service in our parking lot. You know, so um, I hadn't thought about that FM trans, transmitting thing, so I, I'm going to look into that. But this is the thing. Uh, churches are, are having, are using social media, are using internet, are using uh, video recordings of their sermons and having services, and they're reaching out. Yes, we're thinking, we're starting to think uh, uh, out of our four-wall box, uh, uh, so to speak, you know, so, uh, but I, it, now, today, Laredo announced that it might have a, a, um, a shelter in, Shelter in home. Shelter in place. Uh, and we got about shelter. 20 and we got about 20 seconds left, Pastor Tovar. Okay. They, they might, they're going to make a decision of implementing that in Laredo. Um, so uh, it is concerned. Uh, cases are, are, are rising, but, you know, we still have control. There's three that have gotten well and uh, everything's good. I mean, you know. All right. Well, we're, let me we're, jump we're, in. If you, if you want to connect with Pastor Tovar, if you want him to pray for you, if you want him to deliver a message to your church, or if you want to get some encouragement or just insight from a pastor's perspective, email him at info at txvalues.org. Info at txvalues.org to connect with Pastor Tovar. He's going to be do, doing work with us all year. Before we wrap up, I got to mention what happened this week. We had Attorney General Ken Paxson on the show um, earlier this week. He put out a letter saying that Governor Abbott's order that applies to all medical uh, surgeries and procedures that are non-essential and not medically necessary have to come to an end. And that includes abortion uh, procedures. And so we had him on the show. He talked about that. And that makes sense. Abortion is not health care. And so at a time when we're all trying to make adjustments, there's no reason why abortion entities should be treated any differently. But we're not surprised. They've sued the state of Texas now because they're more interested in the taking of human life than preserving the, the innocent human life, which is what we're all trying to do right now as we deal with the coronavirus. But we are up front and center on those issues. We're on the front lines on these issues on life, marriage, and religious liberty. That's why we need your financial support. Please make a tax-deductible donation. We're already seeing the results of this. It's impacting us. Please donate to us today. TXValues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today to help us protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.